Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. This is Dr. Selena. Change, change, and more change. What's our mindset about it today, folks? Are you looking forward with anticipation, excitement, dread? (laughs) There are many very smart people out there, philosophers, authors, people who have reminded us along the way that sometimes we don't see our own progress until we stop and look back and consider where we've come from to where we are now. And that's what I want to focus on for this time with you today around next steps. In my training classes and my keynoting, I remind us that change is the event. It's the process afterwards that's hard. And for this time with you and a lot of this 10-episode sprint has been focused on what about after? Because often we describe change in steps and pace. Culturally, we have a phrase that says two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, and hopefully not 14 steps backwards. And I want us to consider what our next best step is. Sometimes it's to regroup. Sometimes it's to push ahead. No matter how little or big, somewhere in the middle, post-change, transition, and recovery is really still a critical phase for leaders and teams to navigate. Now, there is plenty of research out there on the fact that change initiatives often fail at this point because we don't stick with it. We go on to the next 10 things on our list and we don't sustain and integrate the change into what comes next. Plenty out there on it. I've addressed it in a few episodes. That is absolutely critical, but I want to take a little bit different approach to it today. As we navigate through significant change or disruption, How do leaders need to show up in that? What do we need to focus on to help our teams adapt, rebuild, and move forward? Let's look at this in a couple of sections. What can we do in a post-change, three steps forward process? Whatever those steps are, forward or plateauing or even a, a step backwards, I want you to consider the pause for this episode. Of course, we need to maintain open and transparent communication throughout the process, but we have to share updates on the change process. Please acknowledge any challenges or setbacks and provide a clear vision of what comes next. When people don't know, they make it up. And even after we think the change is underway and people are living it so they should just No, we can't just assume that. I think there's power in a post-change assessment to gather feedback from your team members, to assess, reflect. These can include surveys, one-on-one conversations, or group discussions to understand how the change affected individuals and the whole team. 
It is important that, of course, we recognize not everybody is going to be at the same headspace. We've talked about this in terms of the change adjustment curve or the grief cycle, knowing that many team members may have experienced stress, anxiety, or emotions that they're still processing during that change. As leaders, we need to encourage that open dialogue about those feelings and then provide resources, whether that is your employee assistance program, key people in the organization that they can turn to, what support are you providing them to make the adjustment through the emotional process? I think it's so important, and I have said it, a lot of the research out there says it, how important it is to highlight and celebrate milestones that have been reached since the change. Recognizing and rewarding progress, right, boosts morale and motivation. And it is in the small wins that we gain new momentum. Tune into episode 75 for some resources around that. And that's exactly what we have to do during a change process is to offer training and resources so that team members can build new skills and adapt to the changed environment. This could include workshops, coaching, or access to online learning. Because by supporting the fact that we are all learning through this process that we're providing resources for people to engage in that. We're supporting that culture of continuous learning and improvement. Yet we need to emphasize it's okay to make mistakes and learn from them, as this can help reduce fear and the resistance to change. It is really interesting to me that this is also a great time to support team building. When we create a sense of team from going through this simultaneous experience, whatever change we just encountered, there is camaraderie that comes with that. And so use this time to facilitate team building activities and opportunities for us to connect and rebuild trust. Building strong relationships within the team can improve collaboration and productivity, or post-change recovery. We do need to be realistic about our expectations. We need to help employees understand what they can control for and give them something to own, something that they're engaged with to help the process through. And then we need to monitor progress. How will we need to adjust And we won't know how to adjust or evolve if we're not doing regular check-ins or creating feedback loops to identify areas that require further attention. Of course, we as leaders are not going to do this perfectly, but we need to set the example by demonstrating our own sense of resilience and a positive attitude toward change, even when the circumstances may have been difficult. Our tone sets the the tone for the team. Our behavior sets the tone for the team. We do not have to do this alone. And there are certainly many other people in our industries and our sectors, uh, resources across different specialties, where we may need to pull in people with a different perspective, especially for complex or significant large-scale changes. 
there is that advantage of having a third party to provide insights and guidance when we're not emotionally connected into the process. We do need to recognize at this stage of next steps, resistance can still pop up. It is a natural reaction that occurs for a lot of different reasons. So as a leader, don't tune those out. I know we've addressed it that you have to prepare for resistance, deal with it that comes up. Remember, though, even after the changes have been deployed, this can still pop up in what you might deem unexpected places. Remember, there's the fear of the unknown, so we need to address fear. There's a loss of control, so we need to involve employees in the change process. When we've been in our habit or comfort zone, we need to help employees transition with that training and new skills and growth mindset. When we've had past negative experiences, skepticism and resistance to new initiatives can pop up. And we need to acknowledge, right, what past challenges we've had or the failures we've experienced and emphasize how we're learning from that and this change is different because the circumstances are always evolving. We can highlight those lessons learned and improvements made based on those past experiences. Another t- another reason why sometimes more resistance can pop up unexpectedly in those next steps is just a lack of information. When we rolled out the change, we got you to that point, like, good luck. No, 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 no. We got to keep it going. Comprehensive, clear communication through all the steps. The benefits, how it's going, how it aligns. You have to remind people because they will respond differently at shock and denial than they do at acceptance. Offer opportunities for questions because I may not have asked a question earlier because it didn't occur to me at an earlier stage of the change. Different phases, different questions. We also have to do some check-in to make sure that in those next steps, we're still aligned with our culture, our values, our norms. And when there is misalignment when it doesn't feel good, when our gut is telling us something is off, people will resist. That then creates that lack of trust. We need to make sure that when we have rolled out significant change, we're not doing too many changes. I love reminding all of us, and this goes for me too, We have to prioritize changes and communicate their importance and stagger the implementation when possible. We do often, though, need to recognize that sometimes leaders are resistant. Maybe you're leading leaders and you're expecting them to carry this out because this is what has been asked of all of you. We need to make sure that we're bringing those leaders along. And again, I I want the emphasis on all employees. And so many times our change transition plans are focused on team members or individual contributors. I want to take care also of those leaders, that lead, that supervisor, the manager, the director that are rolling out these changes. They need support too. 
And if I'm preaching to the choir on that one for just a moment, then do it for each other, right? Find other people you can connect with. When you give support, you also feel better. So after a substantial change, for teams, right, we can keep up that team discussion and assessment. We should clarify roles and responsibilities. We need to set our next set of clear objectives, identify the gaps in skill and training needs, bring us together back as a team and invest in strengthening those relationships. We need to develop our next communication plan about how we'll stay informed and connected in a post-change environment. Think about what regular team meetings, updates, or other feedback mechanisms you'll deploy. We should assess, has this change brought about any other problem-solving or decision-making processes that we need to implement? Because if something now has shifted in our environment, will we make decisions the same way? Will we problem-solve with the same tools and resources? And we're always looking for ways to get those feedback loops in there. So we get input about how the change is progressing. And I like to call it early warning detection system. Identify any issues or obstacles sooner, not later. Of course, we have to encourage a mindset of flexibility and adaptability. We can pair team members with mentors or peer support networks so that team members can provide guidance to each other and support each other when they're struggling with change. And by the way, that also helps with the relationship again. Leaders need to show our support. We need to monitor progress and adjust. It's so important that times like this, we pay attention to well-being, encouraging a healthy work-life relationship and sharing resources so team members can manage stress and cope with change-related challenges better. Approaching the next steps after a substantial change as a team requires collaboration, communication, and a shared commitment to adapt and thrive in what comes next. And by working together and supporting each other, teams can effectively navigate and continue to deliver excellent results. So leaders model the desired behavior, provide ongoing support, celebrate those successes, offer feedback and adjust, promote accountability, integrate systems and processes, continuously communicate in the ways that make sense for your team, cultivate those change champions, address resistance sooner, monitor the progress, encourage innovation, check for cultural alignment, Keep the long-term vision in mind. Reinforce that why. Assess and adapt. I know there is a lot packed into that. That is okay. You have lots of, uh, lots of opportunities to practice and continue to learn. On behalf of the Workplace Chameleon today, I'm glad you're choosing to learn. Smash those mental health stigmas and make more and more good choices. Until next time, this is Dr. Selena.